Hello and welcome to episode 92 of the Scream Eagles podcast, the new home of Rugby League. I'm your host Ben and joining me from his bunker at the Petersham Inn is Billy Night Train Buttons. Thank you Ben. Thank you ladies in the audience, all the girls from the Petersham Inn putting their hands together again. Was that their hands that they're clapping with? Wow, I think it's their hands. <laughs> Something was clapping around. Now, Billy, <laughs> just, just, uh, I'm just going to have to just, just uh, hold up there for a second. I'm just going to... Oh, yeah. Sorry. I just had to open up my Four Pines Northern Beaches lager. Um, and just take a... Let me just take a little... <sighs> Mother's milk. <laughs> Tastes like victory. It does. <laughs> Tastes like 2011. Mmm, delicious. Mm, it's aged well. It's a vintage. <laughs> That's still new. Still good. Not as vintage as the eels. <laughs> eels bitter. I think you should probably do that next time the eels win a premiership. You should buy like a case of wine of that year, and then when they win another premiership, you drink it because it's just going to be, be ready. It's just going to be aged so it won't beautifully. Be ready. It'd be worth we, a fortune. We win things in threes. <laughs> All right. Three wooden spoons. Yeah, that's right. Three spoons, three premierships. Four um, of the spoons and premierships. Now, it's been a big week. Mm-hmm. Um, big week for us. We uh, we finally uh, got out. We and, did. And ha- we went for a little walk together, didn't we? A very lovely walk. Uh, I think Winston Churchill said, the perfect way to spoil a good walk is by playing golf. <laughs> and uh, essentially, that's what we did during the week. Um, I guess you'd call it golf. I mean, there was clubs there. There was a ball there, but... <laughs> Technically, I think technically it was golf, yeah. Uh, but it certainly wasn't going to be threatening any any course records at Royal Marrickville Golf Course. There was no winners that there was no winners that day. Well, there literally was no winners because we we scored it, which yep. I implored you not to score. <laughs> That's true. And because you generally just clean me up, like every time you just clear clean me up. Yeah. But you were adamant upon scoring. And um, you had a shocker. You had a Barry shock, Barry Crocker. Yeah. And I probably played the best golf I've ever played, and we still drew. You played it out of your skin. You would I almost say my skin. I was the young rookie taking it to the veteran. I had you too. I had a. It was it was a seesawing encounter. I always knew. I always knew it was gonna. <clears throat> so on the second last hole, you got up by three shots. Well, let's go back. You were up by. Two shots, two shots on on the third last hole. That's right. And then you had a shocker, and um, I had a pretty good hole. Yep. And so I overtook you by three. I think I must have five better than you. I remember just watching you smash your club into the dirt. Yeah, <laughs> I'd had <laughs> enough. By, yeah, I'd had enough at that point. Down and it all Cook's came River. down. All came down to the last hole. Yeah. And um, you know that's what it's, that's what it's all about. 
par three. It's probably the shortest <laughs> hole of the entire thing. You could literally putt it onto the green. I reckon it's so. It's, we would have I mean, been. We would have been better kicking it. Yeah, we would have got have, there. You, you had to get over some some rough, so you couldn't have. You know, but but I gung ho decided no. I'm going to go for the pin with yes. the eight iron. Yeah. <laughs> And just absolutely butchered it to the point where it was like, will I get there? You were going to almost win by two shots and then I just sunk this arsy putt. Ice, ice in your veins. <laughs> ice in my veins. Um, so it was a big, it was a big uh, week on the golf course, mm-hmm. um, but a big week on Twitter as well, Very Billy. Yeah, yeah. So um, obviously there's a lot of people who listen to this podcast um, a lot, a a lot. so many growing by the day um, who listen to the podcast but aren't on Twitter. So can you give us a bit of a play-by-play of what has transpired between A1 William Buttons and uh, Gus Gould? Gus. Well, so Gus, you know, friendships form in funny ways. I'll, go, I'll say that at the outset. Yep. And sometimes you got to go through a bit of a rough period before you really find each other and figured yeah. out that you're probably going to be best friends forever mm. until one of you dies. And mm. probably I'm short price favourite to <laughs> die before Gus at this rate, even well, though Gus, he's 50 Gus years is, older than Gus me. Gus is pickled, if I remember. Gus will last so forever. He'll go he's forever. like Nick Politis. Nothing can survive in his body to kill him. So Yeah. But um, Gus has been very much in the I'm done in the I'm done category lately mm. for me. He's been very vocal on Twitter, which I like. I like that at least he's on Twitter and he, he engages with individuals. Was he triggering you a bit like um, how Joel Thompson triggers you when he gets on Twitter? Was he talking uh, a bit too much for your liking, was he? It was somewhere between Joel Thompson and towards Regan Campbell-Gillard. It was in that spectrum. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you who's all over it now and he's taken over. We'll call it the Joel Thompson Award for, for, for sharing too much. Yeah, is your mate Ryan Madison? Oh, absolutely. He's he has. He's, I, I he's agree the Joel Thompson of twenty twenty. He <laughs> is. I don't like it. It's a, it's it's sending off alarm bells yeah. for me. All right. So anyway, um, get back. Get back. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. But yeah. No, that's okay. Um, and so Gus had been tweeting about how badly run the NRL was, and so I took it upon myself to go through the NRL's financials and just do like a side by side comparison of where the NRL looked yep. in 2019 and where Channel 9 looked at June or December 2019. Mm. And my point was not to kind of stand up for the NRL because I'm not necessarily like one of those guys that can't see the NRL doing anything wrong. I just wanted to point out that the NRL's financials that that they released at 31 October mm. are pretty good if you don't have coronavirus hit. Yeah. As are Channel 9s are very good yep. if you don't have coronavirus hit. That's right. But Hugh, Hugh Marks came out, who's the CEO of Channel 9, and made this statement saying, we can't believe that the NRL has wasted all this money we've invested and they've been terribly run and their financial management is horrible, which is just... it's He's using hindsight. Like, the financials were released in February. No one said shit in February because they're actually pretty good financials. Mm. So I had a look at Nine's financials and they're good, right? But they do have some things that in this market you don't want to see. So they've got about 600 million bucks worth of debt and obviously they're not making as many earnings as 
they should be making because everything's shut down. So the advertising revenue, the programming, everything's changing because you can't film things, there's no footy on, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. So suddenly their cash flow will be under pressure and their debt will jump up. And I pointed that out in a series of tweets where I just hammered Channel 9 essentially using the same logic that nine used to hammer the NRL. So it was mm. a little bit of bullshit logic. Like And and can I just can I just jump in here too and just say because we've talked about this before off air. We don't have a dog in the fight. We're not picking sides. We're just simply pointing out or you're and you're simply pointing out that um that there's a flawed logic in what Nine is then claiming the NRL of doing. That's all. We're not jumping on the side of the NRL saying, no, they're the most perfectly run business in the history of businesses. It's more the fact that, well, you guys need to sort out your backyard as well before you can go and, you know. Yeah, hundred exactly. That's exactly what we've been trying to do. The problem yep. is you look like you're taking sides, which we're not. No. But it is – I can criticise the NRL in any – Give me three hours and I'll still be talking. But <laughs> yeah. this financial aspect that they were poorly run is just one that doesn't really. It's using hindsight, you know, to give to to look at how how who predicted this pandemic coming. Yeah, what business can sustain that? And certainly nine can't. So nine came out, made a market release that said we're undertaking all these cost cutting endeavors. So the main one being that they're. They're not going to broadcast the NRL. They told the market, we don't want to broadcast NRL, and that's going to save us $130 million, which we talked about in the last pod, and a bunch of other things that they spoke about to save costs. They also talk about how much liquidity headroom, so that means how much of your bank facility you've drawn and how much you have available because they have these revolving facilities, which is a facility that you can... It's like a it's like a line of credit. You can draw it or you can mm. keep it undrawn. Yep. And the market wants to know that you've got some undrawn facilities available so that you can you'll have some cash flow to get you through the period. And I I just called Gus out on it and then a few of the Magnificent Seven, shout out especially to um I think it's now Andy Siegs, mm. um, got stuck into Gus going, You're a coward, Gus, you won't respond <laughs> to this. <laughs> And so Gus fired back because it got it got seventy five thousand impressions that tweet. It got wow. probably the most love I've ever had of any tweet. Yeah. Just me bad mouthing Channel Nine. <laughs> yeah. And um Gus responded saying it's absolute drivel and I could answer all those points if I wanted to. I just choose not to. Which is <laughs> that was his response. Which is the classic Seinfeld with the whole running of the race. I choose not to race. <laughs> yeah, he's a big Seinfeld fan. He is a big Seinfeld fan, and I wonder if he was giving a bit of a wink to that Maybe. episode. Um, Maybe. But then, just to illustrate how little kind of he got of what I was saying, because he's not a finance guy, and that's like full disclosure. My job for the last 20 years, I'm a chartered accountant. Mm. I worked in restructuring listed companies. I worked in banking listed companies. This is kind of my bread and butter stuff. Now, yeah. obviously, people in this the business is, This know is more to you what Phil Gould's um, origin pep talk before kickoff is to him, right? <laughs> like he's in, he's, in your, he's in your sort of neck of the woods right now. Like you don't walk out onto the uh, – Onto that Allianz That's Stadium right. and give yeah. a and give a talk about what how great Origin is and he should probably exactly. not yeah, talk about finances. 
A hundred percent. That's yeah. exactly right. And I'm not like, I'm just an ordinary, there's anyone in that industry can do this. This is just, but I don't think many people in that industry bother getting into <laughs> arguments with people on Twitter because they've still got jobs and they've got better shit to go and, you know, actually get paid to do. Yeah. Um, but then I, in my response to him, I actually told him why. I said, oh, Gus, I was really looking forward to you standing on a football field with a camera sweep around you and you just tick off every one of my arguments by telling me that, you know, A9's interest coverage is really high and I'm not looking, I'm talking about total debt, not net debt. And they're all financial terms that basically say my logic was flawed, which it yep. was flawed as was you know, Channel 9's logic. Yeah. But he didn't even understand. He just then had another shot back at me and said, Billy, you can come visit me anytime and I'll talk you through this. <laughs> and I was now like, all right, Gus, I'm down. There's two ways you can see, you can take that. You can take it as genuine mm. or you can take it as a as a veiled threat. Like, yeah, come around anytime. Meet me I'll, in the car park. Yeah, meet me in the car park. Let's meet up for a drink <laughs> and I'll I'll smash you. He said, yeah, I'll read it. Come and see me anytime, Billy. If you're desperate for an explanation, I will run you through it. No problem. Well, let's Boom. do it. Well, I did. I then did you said, DM him? No, I haven't DM'd him. I, but um, then because I get my notifications on Twitter, anyone who badmouthed me, yeah. he was liking their comments. So right. I feel like it was maybe like come see me in the car park. Yes. Okay. And I reckon he'd probably – I wouldn't want to throw – throw fists against Gus. No. I wouldn't want to throw fists against anyone. No. <laughs> I'm a lover, Look, not a fighter. In a, in, a, in a fair fight, you might be able to take him, but I can guarantee you Gus does not fight fair. <laughs> <laughs> so, that I mean, I will say it's good that – it is good that he interacts with people. Like, yes. I'm giving him grief. Yep. And I actually gave him, in my long-winded Channel 9 abuse, I spe- specifically called him out and said – Gus Gould's giving financial advice. Where was he when he, the Panthers were losing, you know, a million dollars a year and he's employed two coaches as head of football? Um, so I did call him out. It wasn't like I was all buddy-buddy with no, him. No, no. Um, but yeah. I will say Gus did potentially is the reason the Panthers are going well now is because Gus is so politically connected. Yeah. He got them their government, their $24 million government grant, so... Yeah, Gus, Gus and I. So I'm looking forward. I'm trying. Maybe I'll take him a four pints. A four pints. Yeah. Why don't you? Why don't you go? For, well, you can't meet up for a drink because obviously social distancing. But we could uh, play golf together, maybe. Yeah, maybe you could go for a game of golf with him. That'd be great. <laughs> um, and then the other thing that's blown up, really breaking news over the last 24 hours, mm. um, is your song to Todd Greenberg. Would well, you say it was yeah. a? You de- you describe it was a was it a was it a farewell song or a love song? It was song a love or? song. It was yeah. farewell. It was just so many emotions. Yeah, like I, I'm lost for words. It just you wake up with that emptiness yes. and a loneliness. Yes, and I couldn't. I like my wife was looking at me going, "What's wrong?" And I couldn't couldn't tell her. I just yeah. didn't have the words. And then well, you I just always remember my mouth, and just something happened. Like music just came out. My I didn't even play an instrument before this happened and suddenly I had a violin in my hand. So, um, well, let's just point out, you did play all the instruments. There's a guitar, a bit of slide guitar and some violin. Yeah. And, of course, yeah. 
those huge vocals. But for everyone who hasn't uh, listened, uh, heard it, uh, we'll play it right now. Um, this is uh, Billy's Ode to Todd Greenberg. getting a bit emotional thinking about it. Coronavirus has killed the season where social distance is the new norm I wake up lonely I cancel Foxtel I'm watching rerun and lots of corn And it's a cold Autumn day When will they play? It must have been tough But it's over now Yeah, the money was good But we lost it somehow so it must have been tough But it's over now Can we just start again And try to figure it all out So we start in May now but with no home crowd It's like the Roosters Playing every game And there's no sponsors Lots of jump cuts But somehow Paul can Used to get in And feel good It's still too wide For my TV But it must have been time Make this whole virus here The fuck I knew he was bad this is next level shit It must have been time Who made the clubs all go broke And now there's no hope This has gotta be a joke Yeah, it must have been time Who took the money from the clubs After cheating the years He made the shots all take drugs must have been time Making players bash their wives Thank God Peter Fernandez Is gonna save all our lives Because it must have been time Yeah, it must have been time Beautiful Wow, Just emotional yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm lost for words. I really don't know. Uh, I don't really know what to say. So let's just go straight into news. Todd Greenberg found to be responsible for JFK assassination and coronavirus stood down effectively immediately. Wow. Mm, so you, you'd call that the big news of the week? It's, that yeah, and, the, it's that and us there. playing That's, golf? <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yeah, just it's probably 
Number two news story. <laughs> Billy equals Ben in golf. That's, <laughs> that, that one was a shocker. Um, still waiting for the doping to come back on that one, though. Obviously, you'll piss test it no after comment. Um, <laughs> yeah, actually, you're going to come back positive for everything on that one. Everything except for a perform- performing enhancing drug. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so Todd Greenberg uh, announced that he was uh, stepping down. Um, no shock, really. Billy? I believe they say the writing was on the wall. Yeah. I mean, would you say that you could we could go back to early in the season where Volandi is essentially threw him under the bus in his you'd almost say his first comments about Todd was negative comments about Todd, which is never a good thing. Because you know <laughs> yeah. when they say, Look, when you set someone down, say something positive first, then follow it up with a negative. PVL, as we'll call him now, Peter Volandis. Um yeah. He just, he just went. Look, I don't know. I'm pretty busy. I'm just going to go straight to the negative on this one and say that the, uh, the 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 clubs definitely do not like him and they think he's quite arrogant. I like the fact that they he went into detail about why they don't like him. <laughs> that was just great. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen Todd since? Have you seen? Did you see him in the newspaper yesterday? <clears throat> well, I've actually got a um, uh, Despite coronavirus, not that we talk about coronavirus here, we don't. Um, but I actually went out to Todd's house um, okay. and asked for a statement, and he's given me he gave me this statement. Okay. I feel great actually, um, a sense of relief. You know, it's been a pretty long journey. Um, Thirteen years in rugby league, six at, at a club, and seven at HQ. So it's been a long road. So I'm looking forward to a bit of a break. Look, there's a lot of things I'm proud of. Um, first of all, it's been a great privilege and honour to work in the game, certainly to serve as the CEO for as long as I have. No problem. When I reflect on it, things like the advent of the women's game and the growth we've had in NRLW, I hope to see that prosper in the years to come. Um, you know, sitting at the 2017 grand final and watching Macklemore perform and I suppose seeing the inclusiveness of the sport portrayed was fantastic. And in more recent times, I think the work the game's done on uh, concussion and protocols around players has been world class. So there's a lot of things I'm proud of. Um, it's been a wild ride and I've enjoyed every bit of it. My personal view is that in a role like this, you always take criticism. That's the role. I've said this on a number of occasions to you and others. It's not a popularity contest. I understand that. It's been a great journey, uh, but ultimately, uh, sport's a tough industry. Rugby league's no different. I've said it before. It's brutal on the field and more brutal off it. So what I took out of that statement um, was I didn't realise it was pronounced Macklemore. No, I didn't either. I thought it was always Macklemore. I think it is. Okay. I think yeah. I think he just. He, I mean, he's a. He's Do you a think dad. that's his fine? He doesn't know a, this trendy young hip hop adult. Not like adult. us. Not like us young. He, he doesn't listen to the TikTok and the. <laughs> you know about young, the Macklemore. Us young bloods, <laughs> like the chitch. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So so anyway, that was Todd good enough to give us a bit of a uh, thanks, uh, Todd. Yeah, he's always statement. been good in in. Well, he has given us a few grand final tickets over the years. He has um, indirectly. Would you? Well, and I think you repaid that with that song earlier. I think that I think if anything, he owes you. I think now. Well, I do. I I, I am aware that it has been sent to Todd. Yes. Um. So it was actually sent pre-release to Todd legitimately through one mm-hmm. of our one of our. Yep. Trusted informers. Yes. And then I noticed on the Screaming Eagle Facebook page, which we don't do the best job of um, no. of promoting. No. But 
all seven of you listening, if you if you are still bothering to listen, go check out uh, the Screaming Eagles Facebook page, and you'll actually see in the comments on that video because you get notified. I don't know if you saw it. Mm. There's a comment from his kids had like put like a little laugh cry emoji. Oh, really? Oh, fantastic! At and it was like, you know. Connor Greenberg or some name like yes. some young Corey Greenberg or a young kid's name, right? At at Lara Greenberg and another person, and I was like, oh. so I did a little bit of online sleuthing, which you yeah. all know I'm pretty good at, <laughs> right? And um, yeah, it was his kids. Oh, there you go. So they took it in in good nature. Yeah, and I think yeah, it wasn't anything nasty. Yeah, look, I'll, I'll say just going back to the news though. It's pretty common in the in the finance world mm. for a chairman mm. to get rid of a CEO. Like often a chairman, when they come in, it's not that unheard of for them to clear the decks out. Yep. And um, I think you actually made a very good point on Twitter. It's quite easy. You, it's very easy to blame all errors now, like Volandi's PVL is going to have probably about a year up his sleeve mm. where he can just say, yeah, look, it's not, it wasn't me. It mm. was, look, we got rid of that dead weight, you yep. know. Although Trump is proving that you can do it for a bit longer than a year. <laughs> I mean, he's literally yeah. still blaming Obama for a whole lot of stuff. Yeah, which but is- that's, that's, the, that's the copybook play where you just yeah. blame the last guy. And yep. what you quoted a movie, did well, you? Well, it's from a movie called Traffic. Um Early. Wasn't that one with um, Michael Douglas? Michael Douglas, Catherine Zeta-Jones, Don yeah. Cheadle. You, you'd movie. almost classify it as an all-star cast. <laughs> yeah, like this podcast has yeah. been. Louis Guzman, you know, he was mm, in it, He was great important. in Boogie Nights. Yeah. My favourite. So, um, basically, there's a scene in that where Michael Douglas is taking over the role as the head of drug policy in America. And he's sitting there with the guy whose job it is that he's taking and the guy says, look, I'll give you, and he, tell, he tells a story about how um, when a guy's taking over a job, the previous guy um, gives him two letters. He says, I've got two letters here for you. When you get into trouble, open the first letter. When you get into trouble for the second time, open this second letter. So a couple of months goes past and the guy, you know, falls foul and, gets into a bit of trouble. So he opens up the first letter and he says, blame everything on me. So he goes before the press and he says, oh, it was my predecessor who was no good. Works a charm. Then he gets in trouble for the second time, goes and opens up the second letter and the second letter says, sit down and write two letters. Mm, Which is essentially wow. saying, you're all out of excuses now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, um, so I think that's... Essentially, I feel like that's the way... I think, I think basically PVL... Um, I feel like trying to move forward with everything, I felt that we, he probably felt there was a bit too much baggage with Todd. Mm. And he's ta- trying to talk to Channel 9 and he's trying to talk to Fox and they're bringing up old stuff about Todd, saying, yeah, but we didn't like Todd. And he, I think he just went, you know what? Let's just start fresh and then they don't have this excuse anymore. They can't come at me with, oh, but Todd didn't pay this and the clubs can't come back and say, yeah, well, you guys didn't do this and blah, blah, blah. So once you get rid of Todd, you go, yeah, well, I fixed that for you, didn't I? So you can't yeah, bring that up yeah. anymore, essentially. Yeah, um, it's, um, but, mm. but obviously now, obviously the now the uh, big hunt is on for um, the next CEO. 
And that brings me to my next headline. Greg Alexander backs Jeff Toovey to be the next CEO of the NRL. And wow. Billy, really, at the end of the day, there's only one thing I can say to that. Oh, come on. Come on. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. There's got to be an investigation into this. this has got to be, someone's got to be accountable for this. Um, I mean, apart from the odd soundbite, I don't quite know what Jeff would bring to the CEO role. He's a chartered accountant. That's the only, like, and any, as I have demonstrated, yes. any moron can be a chartered accountant. Um, I mean, we love Tooves, but I, I, I can't see him. What would be the point? You're, now, you're, like you said, you're a chartered accountant. You, yeah. You've worked in high finance. Do you think it's more important for someone to have an NRL background or a business background when taking over the CEO, CEO role? I've got a very... Well, my take on this yep. is I've done a lot of soul searching and I think... Again, I've gone back into the NRL accounts and we've gone through looking at them all through the high finance angle. Mm. Volandis is from racing and yep. NRL's parallels with racing are a lot closer than we probably have given credit for. Its money comes from broadcast and gambling. So mm. NRL is propped up by broadcast and gambling and... It's a pretty dirty industry. You're not dealing with the blue bloods of society. You're dealing with the the scallywags of society. Mm. So I feel like maybe neither. I, I read an article by a, a Twitter account, Darren Kane, uh, at Sports Lawyer 7, mm. and he actually argued that, again, I don't necessarily agree with him, but he said if you look at, Formula One or look at the NFL, you have a commissioner who's all-powerful. You don't need this kind of structure where it's all democratic and everyone has a play, yep. has a say. Yep. And he made the point that maybe the NRL needs something like that. And I think what this whole Channel 9, Fox, this whole rights negotiation or renegotiation has shown, plus then Greenberg getting kicked out. If you look at the last three CEOs of the NRL, you've had Greenberg, who's mm. kicked out because of Channel 9, lost faith in him. Mm. Before Greenberg, you had Dave Smith, who was kicked out because Rupert Murdoch lost faith with him because Smith went and did a deal with Nine behind yes. Fox's back. Do you yes. remember that? That's, I do remember that, yeah. So yeah. Dave Smith got booted by John Grant, yep. who was then commissioner. Yep. John Grant got booted because the clubs lost faith in Grant. Mm. And then before all of them was David Gallup, who was News Limited's general uh general counsel or he was he was a news limited employee he came from the legacy of where up until 2012 news limited owned 50 percent of the nrl so i think it doesn't does it i don't even think we need a ceo if volandis is going to go running around doing things like he's doing now mm. just let volandis i know it's not in the constitution but they can change the constitution just make him uh, executive chairman, whereas well, he's I think chair it's one, and CEO. I think it's one of those things, though. He's also still running Racing New South Wales, right, or whatever it's yeah. called. So to suggest he could do both jobs, he'd have to be a he'd have to be engaged with the rugby league a lot more than what he probably has the time to do. 
But I do, I do think when it comes to the CEO, I think it's a bit of a murky area. And that's why I said, what's more important, do you think, finance or the football side of things? Because yeah. at the end of the day, the CEO cops it for all of it, right? Rightly or wrongly. But re- realistically, should he be doing that? Like a CEO needs to be cross things financially, right? Yeah. So he's running all that. He's, he's looking at all the finances. He's, he's doing all that. He's looking at third-party agreements. He's trying to bring sponsors on board. He's doing all that kind of stuff. But then at the same time, he's meant to be then also ruling on state of play on the field. And he cops yeah. it if there's too much wrestling. What, when's Todd Greenberg going to do something about this? And it's like, well, what, what are we looking what, – what, what do we want out of him? What, what exactly should he be concentrating on? Getting the yeah. finances sorted or should he be concentrating on getting wrestle out of the game? You know what I mean? Like, mm. um, So maybe there's something else that can be done. The CEO, the CEO role should be more defined as in, okay, your finance, and then let's bring somebody in that really at the end of the day we're talking about someone that the journalists, you know, basically a lightning rod that the can journalists can – Put in their article about how the games turned to shit because of <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because there wasn't, boy. there's not enough sin binning, or there's too mm. much sin binning, or you know, Joey Johns wants to get rid of the the um, bunker, but at the same time, if a ref makes a mistake that the bunker could have, you know, spotted, he then fires up about the refs. You know what I mean? This isn't good yeah, enough. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I mean, should I think someone be named really, called, you know, yeah. head of football on field or something, executive football flogging boy, where they can all just, you know, tee off against him, basically. Because at yeah, the moment, think, they've only got Greenberg, so they just blame him for everything. Yeah, I think the, the other issue they're going to have here is, um, you know, they, they're still renegotiating their rights contract and... Who knows what money, like what budget are they going to have available? So the the rumours, we're only going off what's reported in the press, but they're rumoured to be saying that Nine and Foxtel are going to renegotiate their rights package and mm. it will be for substantially less, obviously. They're also promised the clubs that they're still going to get their $13 million handout. So this is kind of touching into the finance side of things, but... This number of $500,000 a day that the NRL has been spending, and mm. that's been thrown around by every journalist. You can you go on to Fairfax, which is now owned by Channel 9, and they're like, oh, the NRL administration spending $500,000 a day. Mm. Then News Limited parrots it like, oh, the NRL spending $500,000 a day. The number's bullshit. So the NRL actually spends something like $40,000 a day on its administration. It's it's $20 million for the year, mm. right? Mm. The remaining four hundred and eighty thousand of, oh, sorry, four hundred and whatever thousand of that, you're looking at event and game, event games and sponsorship. So mm. things like Magic Round and all those things that actually generate income, football, community and player welfare, integrity and salary cap, insurance and finance. Like, what's if if the clubs are getting the same, but the broadcasters are paying a multiple less. All those things you're not going to be able to spend money on anymore. So what's the CEO actually governing? Mm. And that kind of goes back to my take on this is this whole this whole affair is shining a light on the fundamental flaw with rugby league, which we've always been able to kind of sweep under the carpet. The game 
doesn't make any money from anything outside of broadcast or gambling. You mm. know, they're the things that run the game. Mm. And so when the broadcasters turn on the CEO, the CEO's got to go because it, we, we've all been on Twitter saying, fuck you, Channel 9, fuck you, Foxtel, you don't run the game. Actually, we're wrong. They're, they do run the game because yeah. I had a look at AFL's financials. 50% of the AFL's revenues come from broadcast. They have 50% and they get more revenue than we get come from other sources and a lot of that's merchandise, game day, sponsorship, mm. corporate sponsorship. They're much, much better at bringing in monies that aren't just broadcast monies. It's still a big lick, like 50 million, uh, 50% is still a big portion, mm. but they do have some other sources of income. NRL is closer to 65% of our broadcast. Uh, it comes from broadcast revenue. Mm. So we really, we, we can... You know, get as angry as we want, but whoever CEO, it doesn't come down to like. It, it, let's just get Channel Nine to tell us who want, who they want to be CEO or Foxtel. Like that's that's the only way. Like, so my my hope out of this is that we kind of need to look in the mirror right now and go, this is where the money comes from, and maybe they do things that change that, where they say, how can we get more money so we're not so reliant on the broadcasters. Mm. So that we don't ever find ourselves in this position again, where we're just going to get bent over. So I didn't really answer your question, but I've been no. But I quite think it, I think it comes. It. I also think it comes back to um, being selfish from a from a viewer's point of view. How does it impact on us if Channel Nine are basically calling all the shots, or the NRL are calling the shots? Yeah, I exactly. don't really think it makes any difference. You know what I mean? Like whatever, I'm still going to sit back and I'm going to watch the rugby league. I think the only, the, only, the, the only issue you could then run into is suddenly, you know, Monday night football comes back because it's good for Channel 9. Suddenly, um, you know, if, if Broncos are going poorly, you know, maybe people start looking the other way when there's some dodgy books going yeah, exactly. so they can get players in because... No one likes to, you know, Brisbane don't like to watch a, a Broncos side that's coming 13th. You know what I mean? 58-0, yeah. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So suddenly, suddenly, oh, well, let's just look the other way. That's okay. And, oh, well, let's just change third-party agreements here so, you know, the big clubs can get a whole bunch of bigger because, you know, we like Melbourne and we like Brisbane and we like all these, you know, towns being able to, you know, be in the top four every year and stuff like that because it's good for ratings. So I think yeah. that's only that's kind of the only danger I see in all that sort of playing out. Yeah, um, it's it's. I mean, I had a moment earlier today, and again, I'm going off on on a tangent here, but it's Anzac Day today where we're recording, mm. and I got a message every year. I take the kids out with another family. We have this tradition with our friends, and we we go out. They have the game at the uh, Allianz Stadium or at the SCG as it was last year. Mm. We always go and have lunch in Paddington before, get a nice roast chook from the pub, play a bit of two-up, have a beer, go to the game. It's a really nice – it's it's East versus St. George. Like, I couldn't think of two teams I care. I don't even hate either of them. I probably hate the Roosters a bit now because they're winning. But yeah. it's a little bit like it's such a non-event game to me. Yeah. But it's such a good day. Mm. And it got me thinking, like, why couldn't every like, – obviously, that's special, mm. but – 
really we need to put more effort into getting people to go to a game because the thing about that game is it's not just the game, it's the whole atmosphere and it's the ritual yeah. of, you know, eating before and having a beer afterwards. You know, I think the game's got to be smarter some point in the future. I know we've always had low crowds, but, you know, even things like you've always said, why can't you buy a jersey that's got number one Trebojevic on the back? Like yep. you'd have one or you'd have Parker. I'd, Parker. I'd, I'd 100% get but get B Parker on the back of mine, hundred percent. You know, hundred percent. And I and I remember we talked to um, a friend of ours who uh, used to work for the NRL, and his hot t- and his take was uh, the, the 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 sponsorship that goes across the back there is worth too much money to teams to take that off and put a name there. But you can't tell me there's not enough room to put a name and then a sponsorship underneath yeah, it or exactly. something. You know They've what got I mean? A, I mean, it's a it's a no brainer. Yeah, I, I I don't for the life of me work out. You can't even get this is the thing. You can't even get um, jerseys with a number on it. It's like why I mean, why not just yeah. go and get number one? You know what I mean? Or number seven? Or but but it it and its flow on effect would be if you got a jersey with with Parker yeah. and he's playing his two hundreds game. Yeah. Which he obviously will be playing. Yeah, you know, probably his four hundredth game. With, well, you know, yeah, four hundred. Yeah, Brad, yeah, yeah. Hashtag Brad four hundred. Yeah, as <laughs> as his wife gets handed a fifteen thousand dollar. <laughs> Only necklace. fifteen will be a lot more. Oh, than be that. A lot, yeah, got to laugh. Uh, yeah, and um, you go to the game though. You know, like it, it, it's it's that engagement that they kind of that they just don't bother with. So that's the thing that's been triggering me a lot lately. Where mm. I look at the game and I. I kind of go like, well, how will we ever go back? It's like, well, the game was fine before this happened, so we'll probably go back. Mm. But I do hope we can move, we can learn some of the dumb shit that's happened that's resulted in the game having to look where it is. Like, why don't we do stuff like that? Why don't we make the game day experience better? Why don't we do all these things that could see the game in a lot better financial position? I I, I would like to, and I'm not saying this is a, I'm not saying this is the answer, but. I think you get a lot more people going to the games. And do I care if people go to the games or not? I don't know. I don't know if I really care. You know what I, I mean? Know. Like, it's nice to go and it's nice to have a big crowd there. But if I'm watching at home, do I care if there's... I think you do, though. That's what mm. Nine's whole argument is, is watching a game in a packed... St- it is quite, it's quite good just sitting at a pub or sitting on your lounge and watching Brookie packed to the rafters. Like, it doesn't need to be... Bank West or even well, what's SCG. To, what's to stop? What? Why not do? Why not? If 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 they really want the crowds to come in, why wouldn't they get the season down to sixteen games, right? And then do a best of three playoff series. Then when they go into finals, everyone's yeah, turning up for finals, right? If your team's in the finals, you're going to those games. Yeah, but then yeah, what's the point of the sixteen rounds if they don't count to the finals? That's no, the no, but I'm no, no. What I'm saying is sixteen games, right? So each oh, of the yeah, regular yeah, yeah. season means more because if, if, yeah. if you go on, if you go on, if you go on a four, if you go on a four or five game losing streak, that's your season gone. As opposed to now, and you can still pull it out, right? Mm. You know, a lot of teams <coughs> wait for Origin to come around when all the other team stars are out, and then they, you know, go on a bit of a run. So, yeah. why not? Why not do sixteen rounds? Each game's worth a lot more. You're going to get more people going to the games because they know there's only X amount to see. You're only going to have eight home games, and then um, 
and then go into finals. And yeah, do I mean, be- I love and do it. Best I've, of- I've, I wrote an article for the Raw saying exactly yeah. best of three. I- you do a best of three. Everyone's turning up to those games, so you're still kind of having the same amount of games go to air. But the shit bottom eight don't get as much. You know, they don't get as much airtime. Yeah, and all I the think good the maths teams become tricky. If you lose two games, do you start? Then do your fan base go? Well, we can't make the eight. You know, we're not. So they stop going. That's the that's the that's what yeah. that's what Nick Politis has been whinging about now. Going, oh well, we got twenty rounds and we've lost our first two games. Well, it's going to be really hard for us to make the eight. Poor poor Rooster. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's I I do think though you like someone smarter than us needs to sit down and look at all these things. And the other good thing that I think is there someone smarter than us though. That that's the, that's the big question. Oh, there's probably not. Who is smarter than yeah. this podcast? Who else? Who well, else they're also is? they're also talking about Origin moving to the rear end of this, like after the grand final, which I would love. I actually I love Origin. I love Origin, but I think we've always said this every year when in February they're already talking about who's going to play in an Origin game. It kind of truncates the season so that you have this hangover from Origin. Where, as you pointed out, you have some meaningless games during Origin, mm. where some teams like Manly are always given soft draws and get to play like the rep heavy teams, like the Eels, who are just full of chock a block full of rep players. Yeah. Um, do Le- but it do, does, does Lebanon play during? That's true. Yeah. Origin, it's, do it's they? the international weekend. Yeah. Um, but you have this hangover after Origin where you kind of are like, oh yeah, well fuck, I've just watched three Origin games and now. The Titans are playing fucking North Queensland on Friday night football. Like, I don't give a shit, you know. Like, I feel like this might... I'd love them to move Origin to the back of the season. I know why they haven't because it's so lucrative that mm. why would you when, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, but if it ain't um, broke, hopefully don't fix this... it. Yeah. Um... NRL definitely restarting on May 28th. Clubs wow. to resume training, declares Junior Pierce. <laughs> Mate, if there's one person you can believe, it's Junior Pierce. We talked about it last week. He's a clean skin. You know. Oh, did but you see that photo of him? He looked like week? death. He looked like death. He looked dead. He looked yeah. like as I'm worried that Peter Volandi's PVL has eaten his soul. <laughs> so can I just do a quick? I've just got a bit of a timeline down here, right? So this week has been quite interesting. The back and forth between not just on Twitter, not just no, me and not Gus just on, on Twitter. Twitter, but the back and forth between Channel Nine and the NRL, right? Now, we, we touched upon this earlier with Todd Greenberg. Um, and I think basically what's happened... But so, so, let's just go through it. So, basically, at the beginning of the week, Junior Pierce comes out and says, yep, May 28th, lock it in. Right? Um, then Nine comes out and says, well, I think that might... we might It might be a little bit early before we can start saying... Before we can start locking in 28th. Right, that might be a little bit. You know, we might not be yeah. ready to go, or who knows. Then there's another meeting called, 
between PVL and Channel 9 and Foxtel, right? They yeah. then... <laughs> Sorry, it's all happening here. It's all happening here. It's all, all going on here. Then, yeah, they, could- then they come out. Then PVL came out after the meeting going, yep, it's all sorted. We've sat down. We're all good to go. 28th of May, you know? It was announced on the NRL website. They put out a big thing saying, yep, lock it in. Literally then the next day, and we're talking Thursday, today's Saturday. So Thursday, um, Channel 9, after they after they had this meeting with PVL, and obviously PVL's coming out going, okay, now we're all set. We're all on the same page. Everyone's happy. And everyone's already gone, obviously gone, yeah, okay, we're happy. And he's gone, great. So then he's gone. They've put the big press releases out. Then on, then on the, literally the next day, Channel 9 come out and, and say, although we agree, this is, this is the release that they've put out there, although we agree constructive discussions have been held between the NRL 9 and Foxtel, we feel it's premature to be confirming a start date at this stage. So they've then gone back again. This, and this is on Thursday. So then PVL has suddenly just gone, you know what? I now understand. I think he fought, I think he got got the what do you call it the light bulb moment where it's just dinged above his head. And it's gone ding, and he, I think he's suddenly finally gone. Okay, I understand now what Todd Greenberg's been going through because this is fucking ridiculous. We've <laughs> yeah. sat down twice in the last week. We've both come out of these meetings all agreeing on something, and then you're going to drop a fucking press release like that. Um, so. Basically, PVL then has then said um, the NRL will not be dictated to mm, by, by Channel terrorists. Nine. <laughs> by Channel Nine, we will be the ones in charge of the start date and the draw. Wow! So he's just come out and gone. All this press release, all these things that are going on, it's all a strong arm tactic, and I will mm. not negotiate. Yeah, like you said, with terrorists. So can and I, I think he's finally I, just gone, I this is stupid. I've, yeah. I've officially had enough now. I need to call you out. I need to give you a shout out. To give you credit, you know, I call you out when you say rubbish about mm. Regan Campbell-Gillard and, you know, those type of things. <laughs> you didn't, you didn't call you me s- out. You just had a complete yeah. rain man meltdown don't, on air. Don't go there. I still <laughs> am getting angry just thinking about it. But um, <laughs> you said this. When, when we were going through the finance section last week and we went through fin- uh, Foxtel's financials, we went through Nine's financials yeah. and you made the comment, does Foxtel want the NRL to start again and does Nine want the NRL to start again? Mm. And as my dear friend Gus and I have been debating on Twitter, mm. Nine has shown its hand. It doesn't want the Fox, it doesn't want the NRL to start again. It's outlined $130 million that it can save by not showing the NRL. Mm. Foxtel, as you asked, wants the NRL, okay? Because obviously, if they don't have NRL, where do their subscriptions come from? And everyone's turning off Foxtel. So what we're actually seeing here now, the broadcasters got their man. Fox didn't like Greenberg. Nine didn't like Greenberg. Mm. Fuck him off. But now, Fox and Nine are actually... Opposed in what 
their what their agenda yeah. Fox wants the NRL to come back. Yep. Nine doesn't. So now we're in a spot where you're getting Fox coming out and going, Oh, Phil Rothfield's fighting with Gus Gould. Gus Gould's all I've ever cared about is player safety when he's fucking yeah. also said like six months ago that CTE's a massively overstated problem and we should all just ignore it. But suddenly he's changed his tune and he just wants all he cares about is player safety. Yeah, won't anyone think of the children? Just think of the children. It's gonna be it's fucking just sitting on the sideline that like that like Michael Jackson popcorn gif, you know, yeah, yeah. watching these two. Yeah. And actually I the other thing I forgot, it's been such an action packed week. When I put that um that tweet out about Channel Nine just laying into them and laying into Gus. Uh, good friends of the program at the NRL Roast uh, or the NRL Roast on Instagram and Twitter um, and also Facebook, they screenshotted my tweets and shared it and it got a lot of love. They've got like 80,000 followers on Instagram. Mm. But again, this is one of those spine-tingling moments. Where were you when Lady Diana died? Where Mm. were you when, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Where were you when Braith and Asta responded to my tweet. Oh, so no. Braith got out there and was like, wow, this is dire. Mm. <laughs> so there's a little bit of petty wars happening now. Well, Braith, between- and Braith is in sports management now. Braith is... So he's all about facts and the, the big... Games, game's greatest thinker, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I didn't invent the term. No. I'm just saying. I'm just no. saying but what But you know it when you say it. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's going to be... Vlandis is going to have his fucking work cut out for him now because you're going to have Fox and Nine both kind of at odds as to whether this season starts. But again, Nime, has has a company ever done as much to like poison their positioning amongst their viewers? Mm. Because we're all watching them going, of course we want fucking rugby league. Like, let's be selfish. Mm. We don't care if Todd Greenberg's here. We don't care who's there. We just want the game on. We want a good product. But now Nine is saying we actually don't want to show you the product. Mm. Come on. Fuck off. Gould backs down under mounting pressure from the Screaming Eagles podcast. Ooh. Now, I was listening to uh, Phil Gould's... I was actually listening to Phil Gould's podcast. Um, I think he's it's called... The, of course he's in the... He's a copier. Yeah. I think, I think, I think he's... Uh, I think it's called another set of six or something. You know, a rugby league term. Something original. Yeah, something highly yeah, original. Fucking full credit to the boys. Yeah. Guys should just HIA with, with Phil Gould or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, basically, he's come out. Now, it's taken him a while to actually work out what his position was. I think most people got triggered with that article he wrote like two weeks ago where he then stated, look, I'm not just talking about... I'm not just writing this because I'm a Channel 9 employee. I've always believed this. And I was just like, oh, Gus, it's terrible. But he's finally got round to then going, okay, there's been a lot of backlash from the Screaming Eagles podcast. Billy's yeah. absolutely handing it to me on Twitter. Like, my ass is, yeah. you know, it's like... He with no va- it's, daddy now. Yeah, it's like with no Vaseline, like you're Ice Cube and you've just, <laughs> you've just released an absolute beat down, you know, single on him. Um, So he came out, he's obviously a fan of the show, um, and he's listened to our hot take on the NRL and Todd Greenberg. Um, And this is going back probably about a year ago when we likened the NRL and the clubs to pimps and hoes. 
in that the hoes make all the money, but the pimps take the money and then make the hoes feel, uh, well, it makes them makes them feel so so very. Um, uh, what do you what do you want to say? Appreciative, yeah, of the pimps for giving them a bit of money that they themselves earned, <laughs> and it's quite an interesting sort of dynamic that they have, and it's the same with the NRL. The NRL don't make money; the clubs make money, and the NRL just collects it for the clubs, and then they're meant to give it back to the clubs. And the way Todd was talking last year was like, we're sick of having to give our money to the clubs. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So I just wanted to bring this up. Aim because Guild's, you know. Friend of the podcast. Fi- finally come back onto the right side of things. Right side of history, you'd almost say. Um, <laughs> but I also wanted to bring it up to just say, although we've been going into bat a little bit for Todd now and then, he was featured very heavily on our I'm done list, week in and week, week out with Todd. And that was one of the many things that triggered me about him. And I dare say, apart from all the financials, that I think part of the reason why he's been given the ass is Channel 9 don't like him. But I think the other reason was is because the clubs don't like him for that exact stance that he took. That, all right, come groveling to me for, for NRL money. And I think the clubs were like, well, no, this is our money. And you're just holding it for us. Um, but basically... We called it pimps and hoes, but Gus sort of put it in a different way. Um, but basically agreed with us, and I got I got a bit of a I got a clip from here from him. That will then get into the discussion. Well, what is the game now worth, given what's happened and what it looks like into the future? So uh, the people will all be doing the best they can in the best interest of their particular businesses. But I think there will be common ground with these three men and some common sense in the discussion. Uh, and it will revolve around how Peter Volandis um, expresses his vision for the future of his administration and the relationship with the clubs. Can I just put this in really simple terms, all right? Because this is, this is a key point for me, and it always has been. The NRL administration could not survive without the 16 clubs. I guarantee you the 16 NRL clubs could survive without the NRL administration. That's simply put, this is where the money should be going and this is where the game needs to be developed. And that's, for me, a very simple format in what the administration looks like and what it deals in and how it develops this game, develops our players, develops our future, connects with the community, connects with governments, connects with... All right, we'll just fade him down because he goes on for a bit of... goes on for a while. But um, essentially saying that, yeah. Just the hose can go out and still turn tricks and get paid. But no one's paying the pimps. <laughs> <laughs> no one's paying the pimp unless they get a blow. You know what I mean? So, and I think really that just sums it all up as far as yeah. I'm concerned. Well, we broke it first. Yeah, that's right. Um, all right. I think that's all, uh, all we've got. For this week, Billy, you got anything else you want to throw out no, there? Well, no, it's just been, it's been spent. a big week. All right. As we... Uh, Always say, at this time of the night, may your dreams be filled with maroon and white. And may Todd Greenberg kiss you goodnight. Goodnight, Todd. Sweet Prince. (sighs) 